Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The Katie's moral a- of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. And now your hosts... Luke Matthews. She's like, the world's going to end, and I've never kissed anybody, so you know what? I'm going to kiss my brother. Andy Pinnell. Oh my god, comic books. They're the new great idea. Kick-ass. Scott oh. Pilgrim. herper derp 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 And Bean. I feel like she has like more integrity as a character, and I feel like it would be a little bit cheap if she's like, so therefore I must wear tic-tac-toe boobs. Eddie Isaac. Finally, I settled upon Batman and Spawn for the most part. So two books about the same character. Oh, they're not the same character. <laughs> Jesus, you know what? Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. And Joel Simon. Oh, but uh, yeah, I have to pay, what, $50 a month for the internet. It's 15 bucks. You get a lot of grist out of this. Welcome, everybody, to episode 32 of the Trade Secrets podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. I almost said 30. Because it's been a while. Uh, well, I am Luke Matthews, time. back on the show again. Welcome from back, the Luke. Dead. Hey. And uh, we so, have uh, an extended crew today, starting with Eddie Isaac. Hi, I'm Eddie. I'm black. Anne Bean. Hi, I'm Anne, and I'm white, and I like yoga. Uh, Joel Simon. Hi, I'm Joel, and I'm a African. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a African. Yeah. Joel is mocha. I, I'm uh, mocha. And like Andy Pinnell. Hi, I'm Andy. I'm white. I like shopping at Banana Republic. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> and I work for a corporate America. Uh, I'm I Luke. Like- I am as white as a white person can get. And as Joel and I were discussing earlier today, because I'm white, I'm the only person that actually gets offended by racial slurs. Mm. So, this is true. Uh, yes. we are... <laughs> <laughs> we are. See, you went the uh, wrong order. We had this brilliant plan. We, set we up. did. You <laughs> fucked it up. If you would have ended with Eddie, it would have been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. well, it's all right. Uh, Finna rob everybody after this. <laughs> <laughs> Guard your wallets, bitches. That's okay. You'll get pulled over on your way home yeah, anyway. Yeah, right. For changing lanes too quickly. <laughs> Motherfuck. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Um, I happen to notice you were DWB. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, your car is so nice. You shouldn't own it. So this episode we are going to be talking about Black Sad. It is a it is a South American. Where is it from? Argentina. Argentina. Yes. Arge- Argentinian comic. I thought it was Spain. Argentina. It's Argentina. What? Okay. No, it's South. It's South American. It's not European. So um, yes, it is uh, by Juan Diaz Canales. For some reason, oh, that's what it is. And uh, Juan Juanjo. 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 Like Juanjo. <laughs> <laughs> Guando, guando, guando. You can always uh, use more than one hoe. Uh, Juanjo Guarnino. Guarnido, Guarnido. God, I am pronouncing this shit all over the place today. So anyway. Let's, let's try that again. By Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo Guarnido. I had to look no. at it twice. Yeah. It's the font. <laughs> right? All I the heard font. was cannolis and gordito. <laughs> Gorditas. <laughs> mm, cannolis. Mm. I think I ordered that from Taco Bell one time. <laughs> Gorditas. Let's be more awkward and white. Can uh, we? All right. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> 
we'll get to that eventually. Um, but first, first we'll start uh, by talking about what what we're reading, and then and then Anne has some shit she wants to talk about too. So, um, gosh, go, uh, fucking somebody start. <laughs> I love how that how that sounded. I like how shit she wants to talk nah, about. Nah, Luke is talking. He's like, we're going to talk about what we're reading, and someone else should take over right now. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Uh, Our fearless leader. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, Andy. What are you reading right now? Um, so I actually read Bunch these. Bunch of vile shit. Just I, crossed. I mean, Triple X. I was going to say I read the second it's volume of Black Sad, which is just as good as the first. Uh, it's called The Silent Hell. Um, it's only one story unlike the first one, which is three. Um, other than that, I'm reading The Boys, which has one issue to go and is finishing up with uh, Blowing the Doors Off, I believe is the name of the last story arc. Literally. <laughs> like... Yes. Yeah. Uh, and here, oh, wrapping oh. it. Can you do it one more time? That's oh, oh. <laughs> you look like a professional. Oh. Yeah. No, oh. no. Okay, so, yeah. No one ever touched the orange mic again. Oh. <laughs> no. Quicker? He deep throats it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> so I'm the only one that, base a that laughs at the menstrual <laughs> funnies, but but here you are deep throating the mic and, and licking the shaft. It's ridiculous. And he was playing with the bass too. Yes, he was. You got you got to you got to tickle the balls. It's very important. You got to you get right. the shaft. Okay. So, so as I was saying, <laughs> now that you've set the, the, the bar with that, when I was too. talking you about you know the boys, the other thing that I've been reading is the uh, a couple of different crossed books: Badlands, Family Values. I don't know. And a psychopath, a biscuit. Oh, nice. That's yeah. Okay, cookie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> legit. Um, and to a certain extent, Crossed has ruined Walking Dead for me because. Um, is that so the, uh, is that the one that switches? That that jumps just, around. Okay. Okay. I so need, I need being far, I'm, I'm farther in the series than you, and there's just nothing that they can do in Walking Dead that surprises or shocks me anymore. That's like, because you're a soulless husk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- I honestly, I am I know not a robot. You're not as m- you're not that much farther than I am, and I think they could. I just don't think they are. I think you're ahead for, of you. s- for some reason. I th- I feel like Kirkman has gotten real safe with that book, and I don't. Anyway, yeah, but needless to say, I am. Uh, Walking Dead has been ruined for me. I just can't read it anymore because it's like boring, boring, boring. Okay, some action scenes, something horrible happens to someone, boring, 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 just over and over Yeah, and over but again. maybe that's post-traumatic stress syndrome from reading Crossed. That's like that's yeah. like saying, you know, I really can't watch stupid war movies anymore because I was in a fucking caravan in Afghanistan that got hit by an IED. Right? So, it's like, <laughs> it's like the, you can't the, do it. Like, I will not recommend Crossed to anyone because it's as dark as possible. And when you guys were doing the uh, the Echo the Dolphin episode oh, and geez. talking about oh, how much yeah. you... Yeah. Bring so up that Luke hell. had sent me a, a message, I think it was over Twitter, talking about how much he hated Echo the Dolphin. I really wanted to reply with a link to a page from Wish You Were Here, which is the online Crossed comic that's weekly. Mm. There's actually a scene where a guy, is, uh, the, one of the main characters in the book, is talking about how he's looking out over the, over the ocean and he sees one of the Crossed. And he's like, what is that? He's fucking a dolphin? Why is he doing that? And then there's a photo of a man fucking a dolphin in the blowhole. And I'm yes, just like... That's not, that's not anything I ever need to see in a comic. I don't... It, it just doesn't, like... The not shock on your list of, of things. The it's shock not, it's not about the shock, is, though. Yeah, yes, it is. It's entirely <laughs> about the shock. I think if the dolphin it's, pegs that's him, the only then reason it's, you put that little, shit in there is because it's entirely about the shock. But shock the value. scene takes place in the context of the fact that the guy says that he can't be surprised by anything anymore. 
He's like, eh, man, fucking dolphins. <laughs> okay. Well, surprise. I was wrong. I was wrong. Touche. That doesn't, just because, just because he contextualizes it doesn't mean that it's not gratuitous. I think the entire series I mean, of Crossed is gratuitous. Yeah, exactly. It's no Neonomicon, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah. What are you reading, Joel? Uh, I read Superior. So, yeah. And you know how much I hate Millar, if you don't understand Is that this. the Millar and Lionel Yu, the yeah, kid exactly. that gets... Yeah, okay. It's Shazam. It's their reimagining yes. some Shazam. With and the, the devil monkey. Yeah. With the devil monkey. And I was thinking that it was going to be irreverent and and normal Millar douchebaggery, and it wasn't. He, he really was like pretty straight-laced with it. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, Did he have an ending? Yes. It had an ending. What? It's I, it's well written. Yeah, it's surprising. I, I, like cool. reading it as singles, like I was like, okay, I got to. It's a six issue series. Seven. I got six issue series. It went seven issues. Originally, it was supposed to go seven. It was a six <laughs> and issue the series. Star Wars trilogy was a trilogy too. It was supposed to go six. It went seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know if it's that. So kind needless of to issue. say, like one issue before the end, I'm like, okay. This whole thing was fucking pointless. This is typical Millar stuff. And I like a lot of his stuff. And then all of a sudden, in the last issue, he's like, oh, here's your shit sandwich. And by that, I mean, here's a million dollars because I came up with something brilliant. And you're just like, what? Yeah. When and did this happen, Mark? Mm, yeah, just pretty now? much. And at the end, he gives, a, he gives an homage to um, Christopher Reeves and Richard Donner. So okay. he was really doing it in that line of the old 80s Superman and, you know, America and... I want to read it. Virtue and all that kind of stuff. Everything that Mark Millar is not about, yeah. which was kind of crazy. I want to read it in trade because I read single issues and, and I got I read I got up through issue five, I think, and I got real fed up with it in single issues. Mm. I, I couldn't like because it was every six months. No, it was just the fact no, it was that time, it, was, it was just the way that it yeah. was. It was just the way that it was written. There was there was a lot of stuff like I reviewed issue five i think online and it it was it's it's hard for me to describe but at that point in the series he had spent four issues setting up a a lot of really good character relationships between the characters and Mm. then turned around in issue five and just shat all over them and Mm. it was it didn't um it didn't play very well so maybe the second maybe the second maybe the last two issues solve that but Mm. um, did you finish irredeemable and incorruptible by the way Nope. You really should. I just ir- well, just irredeemable. I don't know if I can. They were so they got so bad. They were so. Irredeemable. I mean, they were so bad. They weren't just. You should just read the last. You should just read the last issue. Okay. To me, irredeemable wasn't just bad. It was like one of the worst comic. It became one of the worst comics I've ever I've ever read. Yeah, the middle so. was rough. What about you, Anne? What are you reading? I don't read books except for school I don't read <laughs> anymore. Books. No, I've been reading like Italo Calvino's Italian fairy tales forever. Um, but I've been writing comics. I wrote two comics in the past two weeks, and I have one that I wrote a long time ago that's actually being printed and is going to be like visible and stuff, which is cool. Printed by who? Where? How? <laughs> by <laughs> by. Out of pocket, small run, perfect <laughs> copy and print in Capitol Hill. By my HP desk jet. No, that's expensive. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know if I. I feel like I mentioned this one a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It is drawn by Ben Horak. So who two is episodes a, ago. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I gotta put food on the table. What the fuck you want? <laughs> uh, ben Horak is a artist that. 
interns at Fantagraphics and is generally cool and cool. has a website called Grump Toast, which is hilarious. Um, I feel like the comics that I've been doing, I, I have very serious comics that I haven't found artists for who have finished things. And then I have these really just like horseshit, ridiculous comics. And then those are the ones that are actually getting drawn. So yeah. huzzah. That's all you need to know about writing comics. That usually sells. Hints crossed. Eddie, what about you? Rick up, rick up, Chevrolet Chapler. Anyway. <laughs> nice. So. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, it makes sense to me, but that's okay. It's, oh, it's okay. You're, you're commonly lost. That's fine. So. Everything was great except for the baseball episode. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> but. Good stuff. <laughs> so for the listeners at home, Luke just jammed his finger, and it looks like he's. <laughs> he's either trying to. Shit. <laughs> I don't know what like no it's I don't know it's really weird like I'm everyone's seen exactly. The Exorcist oh, yeah. you know the, the uh, oh god well Lin, is it Linda, Br- Linda, Linda Blair Linda Blair yeah. she uh, when she's doing the head spinny thing oh, Luke was like yeah. I don't know three degrees from doing a complete <laughs> head twist yeah. I feel really like it was that combined painful. sort of with the Luke Skywalker my arm just got chopped off oh, you're not my, my father chip my face a little bit no. but that's not true that's, that's, that's impossible no. Anyway, Eddie was talking about reading something. <laughs> <laughs> and much like in Star Wars, the uh, the black men will start <laughs> inserting logic again. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, Detective Comics trade, which I'm a quarter of the way through. The and new 52 Detective new Comics trade. New 52 okay. Detective yeah. Comics trade. And I'm about a quarter way through, and it's, it's really good. And uh, they finally inserted another villain. Is into, that the, the owl? No, that's bat. That's Batman itself. Okay. Detective Comics is you know there's like twenty freaking <laughs> bat titles right now. Ooh, Gotham PD. Yeah, and then uh, what else was I reading? It was the Detective Comics. Walking Street. Dead Volume oh, Two. Oh, about to get into Walking Dead Volume Two, so I'm very, I'm very, very far behind everybody else. But I like I, what location it, are they at uh, right now? That was back this when is, they were good though. This but. is when they're just they just get to the penitentiary. Okay, yeah, so yeah. farm is done. Farm's done. Okay. Which uh, the reason why I read it, I actually yeah, just they picked it up. Met the governor yet? Nope. nope. <laughs> I, the thing is, well, of course I know about like the governor and all this other stuff. I don't really care about spoilers. There's regardless channels and nothing on. Somebody, Sorry. somebody can tell me exactly what's going on, but it's, you know, if it's good, it's good, and you're going to exactly. when you, yeah. When you read it, you're going to still like it. You know, yeah. the, the surprise, the shock is still there. I mean, there's movies to this day that I watch like Gladiator, and I'm still like surprised when something happens. How did that tiger not hit him? Yeah, that, <laughs> that too. Yeah. He fucks the tiger. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm Russell Crowe. I'm gonna yeah. fuck this tiger. And I just read Dark Knight um, uh, issue number twelve, and even though the bad titles are what I'm reading right now in the New Fifty Two, I'm gonna tell you what I'm disappointed at. Is I'm very disappointed that, like, okay, motherfucking Scarecrow is still around. Like, why hasn't he killed this motherfucker yet? Like, this dude is this dude has kidnapped him several times. Dr- drugged him, drugged him. Bullshit. Batman used to shoot people. I was there for the first fourteen issues. He Batman used to shot shoot. Them. He used to shoot. Well, oh yeah, do do. Well, sure, <laughs> but that's something where he breaks a guy's neck by pushing him out a window and like grabbing his uh, his hair, yeah. so the guy falls out the window and his head goes well, on the other side. You know of the door what? Frame. And, our, and, and here's the other thing, right? Is a lot of people have always said that, and they've always tried to follow that in cons that Batman doesn't kill people. 
Have you watched Batman Returns? He sets a guy on fire. He ties a bomb to the fucking strong man's chest and throws him that down was, the sewer. Batman Returns was directed by Joel Schumacher. I, I'm I'm just saying your argument no, is wait, invalid. Bat, no, Tim, wasn't it wasn't Tim it wasn't Tim no, Burton. Tim Burton. Oh, Returns. Okay, sorry. Tim Burton. Tim Burton Tim for the first Bur- time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know Tim Burton's a dark son of a bitch. So I was thinking you were talking about the Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. Rises. I was wondering what would break first. You know, he's almost like a mix between an English gentleman and Bill Cosby. <laughs> I swear, if Bane Bruce pull- Wayne, why don't you pop if, into this pudding if, pop? If Bane, if Bane would have pulled out a pudding pop in the middle of the movie, I would have fucking shit myself. Well, yeah, well, he just needed to voice. be wearing the Cosby sweaters. Yeah, he should have been wearing a Cosby sweater. But that's what I'm reading right now. There's a whole bunch. I have a stack of other shit that I'm gonna reread, like uh, Long Halloween, um, Hush. When you finish Long Halloween, why don't you tell Joel how it is? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll get around to it eventually. Uh-huh. Well, eventually. You know, here's the deal. It's just like I've got stacks. I've, I've, you know, I get stuff and I've got a stack of comics. I'm in a comic book store and I see something. I'm like, oh, I want to read that too. And it goes in the stack. But to the uh, uh, to touch on something from last episode. I feel like that, but I don't have an income. It's <laughs> <laughs> discretionary enough to actually put it in a stack in that my, comes home with me. Uh, neither do I. I steal all these okay. comics. Anyway. Well done. Uh, Pretty standard. Yeah. So in my latest adventures of my uh, pursuit of Spawn, I found issue 27 today. Pursuit of Spawn is also what all the freaky bridezillas are doing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I'm just thinking of the hipster Bane meme now. Oh, no. You you adopted the darkness. I was born in the darkness. (laughs) Uh, Bane's emo. Anyway, so uh, I got fi- I found issue twenty seven. How many are you missing now? Oh, well, five, six, forty three, fifty one, fifty three, fifty four, sixty four, ninety eight. So nice. if anybody wants to send those to me, um, that'd be great because then I can stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, I have been reading a bunch of indie stuff, like nah, not super indie, but like not like Fantagraphics indie, but like like X Factor. No, <laughs> right, yeah. No, West I, Coast I, Avengers. Um, so, so I've been reading Brian Wood's The Massive. It's a really good comic, except for the fact that, and I, I tweeted this. It's funny. Brian Wood actually retweeted me when I said this. There's a panel in issue three where they fire a, somebody well, fires actually. a fucking. There's a bullet flying through the air with the casing still attached to it. And I was sitting there looking oh. at that, going, "You got to be. How does it get? How does this get past one? And some. Okay, somebody when I tweeted that. Brian Wood retweeted. Somebody responded to me, and I, I had said, how does this get past, or how does this get through? And somebody's like, oh, well, it's probably just like the way a typo gets through. Let it go. Somebody misses it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. There's a difference between hitting the wrong key on a keyboard and an artist taking the time to draw a fucking bullet with a casing on it, and then that piece of art going back to the writer and not being seen, and going through an editor and not being seen, and going to the colorist and not being seen, and then getting to print, and it wasn't until I fucking tweeted it that somebody said something about it. It's like, like the proofer and the, the editor are both like, yeah, they accidentally misspelled Bruce Wayne fuckstick on page 13 in three <laughs> different places. Meh. Yeah, right? It just doesn't... It, it, it's it's an aggravating thing for me because I'm, I'm you know... Is my his full name Bruce Wayne fuckstick? Fuckstick, yes. Hmm. Oh, what is his middle name? Fuck. Douche nozzle. No. Anyway, yeah. uh, well, actually, it's, well, actually, um, 
So yeah, that Allen. that bothered Allen me. Allen Wayne, I, I think Bruce Allen Wayne. I, <laughs> I no, like. Exactly. Did they throw the bullet though? That no, means... they didn't throw the fucking bullet. Somebody <laughs> said that. That's so great. It's Someone like... threw the like. It's a gunfight. Someone <laughs> grabbed the bullet. This will work. <laughs> I, uh, I throw it, guns. It aggravates That's... me. It aggravates me because if you're gonna spend the time, like this comic book has characters that are gun savvy in it if you're gonna if you're gonna be drawing guns learn how to fucking draw learn how they work and learn how to draw them and it's especially aggravating because they spend a whole lot of time uh trying to make this as realistic this book as realistic as possible right yeah. so if you make it as realistic as possible in every other aspect and then you have this thing in there it totally breaks the willing suspension of disbelief maybe he's go. a hippie so I'm just he like believing guns do it. it wouldn't surprise me um Anyway, aside from that rant, I'm reading two comics that are very similar. I'm reading Debris and Planetoid. Um, and I, Planetoid was actually suggested to me because I uh, subscribed to Debris uh, in, in my inbox and, and the people at my shop uh, told me about Planetoid. And um, it's, they're, they're an interesting, interestingly similar because they're both based on planets that are basically junk planets. Debris being set on an earth, a post-apocalyptic Earth where everything has been covered in junk and the spirits of the Earth have come back to kill humanity by inhabiting and creating these like junk monsters, right? Kind of. Um, and then Planetoid is um, guys flying through space and gets pulled into the magnetic field of a, of a planetoid, huh? And the planet is covered in technology, that like derelict technology, and there are all these... Um, uh, like artificial intelligences that are running like robots and stuff. Are what? they voiced by Eric Idle? <laughs> like in the Transformers film. God, I wish. Oh, I fuck. Wish. So, um, Debris. What is it? Oh, the famous actor um, who. Orson Welles. Orson Welles, thank you. Yes. What were you going to say, John? I was just saying, De- it, Debris, was that the, the book that was written by the. Um, Chris Greenway. J. Weeb. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. The intrepid. We interviewed the guy. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Once. Yeah. yeah um, okay. Debris. Debris is so. Debris separates itself from from Green Wake in my mind because Green Wake, uh, as I, as I said in my reviews, felt very. It felt pretentious and it felt like a lot of the things that he was putting into it that were supposed to be mysterious were just there to. Um, to as red herrings, um, they weren't necessarily there to advance the plot. Uh, whereas. Uh, debris feels like an actual world. It feels like um, it feels like he's built a real mythology behind it, and there's um, and that mythology all plays into how the how the world reacts. I was I was surprised by the first issue of Planetoid and how much it read like the first issue of Profit or the new <laughs> first issue of Profit. What I'm reading your uh, your outline. Yeah, read section four. Section four. Segment three, oh, segment four? Yeah. End. Next episode. No, no. Read segment, oh, four. Segment three, which is labeled four. Book discussion, black, sad, what's good? Oh, because it's, Jesus Christ. I just caught it out of the corner of my eye when I was tuning you out. What do you want? Yeah, thanks for interrupting the show to come up with some stupid shit. So I I have to ask, because we've said that the the artist (laughs) tried a new style on debris. Did it work? Uh, It worked mostly. Like, um... It it's much cleaner than what he did in nah. Green Wake, um, mm. and in in so much as it's cleaner, it looks it looks nicer. His style is still a little odd, and it it comes across a little 
almost unfinished mm-hmm. i guess would be the the word but but it's but i like it it's much brighter like the colorist the way that they colored it is much brighter and more vibrant than like greenwake Which was is and for a junk planet it, yeah i mean it's it's a good book both of them are actually really good and i would suggest both of them to be honest is like, yeah. profit colorful uh different colorful like profit profit is colorful but it's all like Weird pastels and, and yeah okay. yeah um but yeah, the the first issue of Planetoid reads almost exactly like the first issue of Profit or the the relaunch of Profit, where it was like, uh, it's very little dialogue. There's even a scene like in Profit where they show the guy's inventory and all the shit that he's got on him when he's on, alone on this planet, and it, so it's it's like very much very similar. But then they kind of diverge in the second issue. A little malicky. Uh, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, they were they're Sorry. both good comics. Sweet I would life. suggest uh, I would suggest all three of those comics. Honestly, Brad, the massive is really good aside from stupid errors um and the, the massive is really, really good really good aside from stupid errors no no it's yeah. it's okay. i'm not going to be quite as critical about the i think i have it I think, no it's i bought channel zero never mind can't do it it's, yeah. it's stupid it's i'm a fan stupid. of wood i like dmz and i like the yeah. unless you throw a bullet the fucking casing doesn't stay on it <laughs> bottom lie yeah right? Right? bottom <laughs> fucking lie there's no gun to shoot a bullet where the casing stays on it you read DC comics and you're going to talk about like logic Realism errors. Realism and art. Okay, look, you know why? Because these DC comics, there's they never state that they're supposed to be real or grounded in, you know, freaking theory That's fair. or if massive or, is trying to be it, it, true to exactly. Life, so when you don't when you don't when you don't try to sell that as a point of like this is why you buy my book because oh, it's logical, it's grounded in reality. I'm just saying, man. Sometimes, like, I mean, because half the Bruce sh- Wayne gets hit by a truck, he's all right. Okay, and so did Jack Bauer. So, what's your point? Yeah, so did so did uh, John McClane. <laughs> you will never say anything bad about <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> you shut your goddamn I can mouth. Say, you know what? I can say you bad things about Die Hard with a Vengeance. Damn. Okay, you, you can that's what it. I'm talking about. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Die Hard with a Vengeance. I the mean, man hits a fucking metal grate, bare skinned at seventy miles an hour, and does not get turned into hamburger. <laughs> it's cool, I have a problem with that. Isn't that the one where he's hopping around a Harrier too? Yeah, no, that was Die Hard, uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. So, anyway, speaking uh, of grounded in reality, the, here's the fucking shit that Anne wanted to talk about. The like, Hugo Awards. <laughs> Hugo Awards. I learned the difference between Hugos and Nebulas because I didn't know it before. Now, what are the difference between and Hugos difference? and Nebulas? Nebulas are for the United States, and Hugos are for the world. Mm. Interesting. Sci-fi, right? Sci-fi, and they have a whole bunch of categories. The Hugos have a lot more categories, including the best graphic story category. It's really obvious to me that this is. The, I mean, it's the ballot is so interesting. It's indicative of how the literary community is just kind of like supportive but confused <laughs> about like <laughs> comics. How do they work? Um, because I feel like in no other, like nothing within the comics world would have this exact ballot. It's, so there's Digger by Ursula Vernon, which won, which is a webcomic about a wombat and like dark eldritch gods and shit. Um, there's Fables sure, Volume like 15. Do. Fables? Fables Six? 15, okay. Rose Red. Yeah. There's Lock and Key 4, Keys to the Kingdom. Okay. I haven't read the Wombat comic, so I can't say, but I think that, that seems like it's the strongest. Up here. There's a, yeah. a Schlock Mercenary, Force Multiplication. Schlock Mercenary is actually pretty all right. Yeah, I mean, pretty, and then there's pretty the Pretty all right. <laughs> there's, there's glowing praise. Glowing praise. Right. It's actually pretty all right. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of three or four stars. That's sort of, <laughs> sort of kind of good. Yeah. That's it's praise. Glowing <laughs> praise from Andy. Um, it's an internet comic that doesn't make me vomit. Okay. That's, <laughs> right? I, what's interesting to me is that, like it's two web comics, two Vertigo titles, and an IDW title. 
and what like was the ADW title? Uh, Lock and Key. Lock and Key. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like nowhere else do you really do you really get that. Or it, and apparently the Schlock Mercenary guy also does Writing Excuses podcast and has been nominated for a Hugo like five times. Wow. Which was interesting. It's a magical magical land inside the Hugo closet, and I hadn't hadn't been in there. Um, Hurricanes and ponies and shit. Yep. And lots pony of games. episodes pony of game, pony games. Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lost episodes of Doctor Who. They, for the short form dramatic presentation, three out of five are episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, there you go. None of those. Uh, what's that show called with the the town of all smart people, but the cop is the only normal one? Eureka. 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 No, got canceled it's, after it's two seasons. Yeah. Three Doctor Who, one community, and one the Drink Tanks Hugo Wait acceptance speech. The Hugo Science Fiction Awards gave an. Uh, uh, nominated an episode of Community. Was Medial it the one chaos with chaos theory? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Community is pretty awesome. All right, all right. Um, really, mm. that's mostly what mm. I wanted to say. Yeah. They happened. Web comics won stuff. That's neat. Crazy. That is cool. I mean, I I haven't. It's I don't follow the Hugo Awards like at all or the Nebulas. Um, so I don't usually. What about the Razzies? Every once in a while, I'll follow the Razzies. <laughs> uh, the I mean, I follow like, the, that's uh, the worst shit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I follow the. Uh, um, I think Catwoman was nominated for that. Uh, Freaking Holly Berry Catwoman. I think she won for that. The Eisners. Eisners. Jesus Christ. The comic awards. Like the I was com- terrified by your awards face. B- about comics. I can normally study. rattle that one off, no problem. But like you're staring at me, and <laughs> like, I'm like, help, after you deep throated that me. mic, I don't know what that look means. <laughs> you know, uh, I was Joel. I'm afraid. So, yeah, I'm actually surprised that Locking Key breathe. doesn't get just um, get. M- like not the microphone. More into that list. By the way, uh, speaking of you, were, you were talking about you know the confusion of of, of literary people who don't really understand uh, the comics uh, industry. Um, there's a really good article on. Um, uh, it's a site called BookRiot.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a really good article on there uh, where one of the one of the uh, regular contributors talks about um, the the difference in definition between a graphic novel and a trade paperback. What does he say? Exactly how I feel. It's it, uh, like she is on the spot on the money. Graphic where novels are isolated like stories. Graphic, trade paperbacks should exactly. be part of a series. Yes. Trade paperbacks are collected editions of ongoing stories mm-hmm. and graphic novels are a self-contained, mm-hmm. you know, thing. It's pretty simple. Um, and I hate, she's, absolutely right in her article by the fact that um, when people outside the comics industry call collected trades graphic novels they they diminish the importance of the of the monthly that generated I totally agree and um, I, I really I think everybody should go read that article because I think it's I think it's actually really cool and it's it it's like very much my like my mindset toward that. I know right at the beginning when we started this show, I made that argument, that exact same argument. So seeing somebody else put it on a website and a on a blog, That's I was nice. like, yes. I think I responded with something like, "I don't give a fuck what you call them; they're awesome." Well, <laughs> it gets irritating when I'm in like I'm in academia and I'm in academia that pretends to teach this stuff. And while the two professors at my school who teach quote graphic novel are like, "Yeah, sure, call it whatever you want. I don't really care." You know, I I can see the the difference in all of these you know yeah one they've written one of them comes from more of like a screenplay thing and actually writes graphic novels the other one writes for comics like in a regular way so let me ask you guys i mean because the line does get blurry what's black side is it a graphic novel or is it a trade oh this 
this collected edition of Black Sad, I would call a trade. Yeah. The individual stories, since they were not monthly comics, I would call graphic novels. This is a collection of graphic novels. Well done, sir. I like it. I always feel weird because I write short stories, right? And then people are like, what are your genres? And I'm like, well, I write fiction and apparently graphic novel. I wrote (laughs) very (laughs) short novels. I write Victorian, gothic, horror, western, steampunk novels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that market's already flooded. What? What is your problem over here? We're geeking out. The fuck we're, out. we're geeking out together. Back in my day, we made our own fun. <laughs> we made our own oh, fun. Superstar! Circle of Four is so good. Because yeah. it's just fucked up. You've got Red Hulk wearing the Venom symbiote, riding Ghost Rider's mo- motorcycle up to yeah. punch a demon. Yeah. Huh. Pretty good. So on the Demon's opposite shark. end of that spectrum, for this show, we read Black Sad. Uh, which is as Wait, I we were said, recording that whole time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Jesus. <laughs> so uh, is an Argentinian uh, an Argentinian anthropomorphic noir book. Mm, anthropomorphic. Uh, very much, very much a, a hard boiled detective uh, story um, centering around a guy named is it John Blacksad, John Blacksad yeah. um, who is a, a, a panther, uh, effectively a cat, um, a large cat, He's very large cat. cat. He's just, he like just a, a cat. I thought he was just a cat. He's kind of a badass house white. cat. Well, yeah, I, but he's I, got I the white the it, white. It fur seemed like he was anyway, more yeah, panther. Whatever. Okay. He's fucking big. He's a giant black a giant. Huma, human cat. Yeah. Mm. That he's shoots a, a gun. Big fucking furry. Uh, the whole book is full of furries. Yeah. And um, I have to say that if, if, if any if any of the furry girls ever looked like the women in this comic book, Holy I would be a furry in a heartbeat. Fuck. In a heartbeat. Hands down. No problem. When I go home tonight, I'm going to have a dream that I'm an animal. Um, or or myself with a hu- an animal head. Yeah, or something sh- like that. Sh- smoke enough peyote and you can actually have that on purpose. <laughs> find my vision. <laughs> go on my vision quest. Your, Burning Man was last <laughs> week. <laughs> find your spirit Throughout animal. Find my spirit animal. Uh, it is. My it is. Spirit animal was a goldfish. It died. <laughs> <laughs> it is written by Juan Diaz Canales and drawn by Juanjo. Did I get that right? Juanjo yeah. Guarnido. And I have to say, um, Canales and Guarnidos. <laughs> Canales and Gorditas. We did that joke already. You fuckwad. I know. Uh, that's number two. Funny. And, and I, either. I, I want to start <laughs> off with this because, um, like, y- yeah, the writing is good and it's 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 a good noir story, hardball detective story. Yep. But it's the artwork that sells everything about this. Absolutely. The artwork is phenomenal. F- absolutely amazing phenomenal. in this book. Okay, so front to I, back. I'm going to throw out the pitch just like I did to, I think everyone read this on my recommendation, right? I so, think so I don't know. You're, when I was first introduced to this, someone's like, "You're going to read this book," and I'm like, "I don't know how I feel about like anthropomorphic stuff. It's yeah, not really my cup not of tea." Into furries. It's no. And then I read it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" If I could go back a week and tell myself, Andy, you're going to read a book about a cat detective, and at some point you're going to be like, "Dog titties!" <laughs> <laughs> at that oh, point, man. I would go back and tell myself so. And I've sort of said this to people. There's cat titties at the end. Mm-hmm. Cat boobies. Yeah. yeah. So 
finish your story, and then I want to talk <laughs> about things that aren't boobies for a second. Them's cat titties, yeah. sir. Yeah. Fetish, fetish your story. <laughs> fetish your story. <laughs> fetish, <laughs> fetish your story. <laughs> Wordplay. Well Phrasing. Um, so I pitched this to everyone. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to give you a book to read about an animal detective that's human, and you're going to love it. Ace Ventura? Go ahead. Oh, my God. You're killing me, Joe. Yep. Womp, womp. I have not had a single... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> People are throwing... A hard, hard object. I, I thought that was the other iPod for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not had a single person say anything other than this book is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean... It's hard to find the, flaws with it. The, mm-hmm. the artwork alone is... Even if you hate the story, it it's got this it's got this just amazing mix of kind of like um like this old school painted feel mixed with with this like animation sensibility yeah you know yeah. where it, it's very it it definitely has like a don bluth kind of yeah. like i don't want to say disney because that's not the right Space feel Ace. but but don, but like don bluth like land before time kind of style to it where that. um there there are the occasional characters that are um that have the kind of goofy cartoony reactions to things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Weasley. But yeah. And then but there are on the opposite end of the spectrum when he draws something that's intended to be sinister, it is like wildly sinister. Like the, uh, they did a great the snake job that's of following Black Sad yeah, yeah, yeah. or the or the reptile that's following Black Sad <laughs> or fucker. Or, actually, uh, or, it's a lizard. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna. Okay, anyway, but so. the uh, the reptile that's falling, black sad, the croc that he gets, or yes. the, that he gets to fight, like, and then what, the alligator, the al- like toward yeah. the end. That's like, yeah. I mean, the animals that are chosen for the specific characters are, bring out they very play specific their characters. Traits. Yeah, like the rhino plays the bodyguard. Like every, what I really liked about it is that they all, all the anim- the animal kingdom fits its roles yeah. as what you think that they would be police you know, officers or german shepherds well, well because well and then you know black said it's like just like I, mean, I believe i forget which page what uh what part it is but he actually says something like you know i believe curiosity killed the cat and then it makes sense like why he's a detective you know because of that that whole like poke prod that curious thing and even when there's a part in the first part where he tells him hey leave it leave the case alone and he refuses to because he st- he really wants to know who uh, who killed his former girlfriend. The, what, the crow in the second story, awesome, yeah. mm-hmm. is just is awesome. What I really really liked about it is the fact that the the representations of each character completely like a lot of nerds would look at this and nitpick things like how characters breed together. Um, because I know that when I first read it, that was one of the first thoughts that I had in the third story. You have two characters who are who are cat characters mm. um, who were bred from the union of a cat and a polar bear, right? Like that's their their like history. And but it's once you ignore all that minutia bullshit and just take it for the fact that the the animals don't represent a any kind of any sort of like biology that's being represented in the world and more represent the characters of the, the individual people in the book. Yeah. You start to see like how brilliant some of the choices are with the way that he picked the individual characters and well, the, the, the animals that represent them. To, to me, the deal is, is that if anyone reads a comic for the reality 
then I mean, then you're really, you're well, really, especially if it's a fucking anthropomorphic. Yeah, you're really, you're really or looking in, without casings. Yeah, like hey, well that that book is supposed to be grounded in reality. Well, and here's the Except expectation with. But what, uh, yeah. but, but what I was saying was is that, you know, when I picked up this book, I was not immediately thinking. Holy shit! It's a fucking walk, a cat walking on two legs. That's bullshit. Well, that's because it's the it's built it, into this really lovely, fantastic world, and I think there's mm-hmm. a couple of very specific stylistic and craft choices he makes to make us just totally believe it and not question the weirdness of of the anthropomorphism. One is definitely the like sort of soft watercolors, and oddly, I'm going to say yeah. the borderless panels. Um, it's just like hmm. it's like he had the page taped off. Water, watercolored the page and then ripped off yeah. the tape. They don't have like hard black borders. I don't oh, know yeah. what the, what awesome. it is about that, but I think that honestly helped me feel like I was inside the world a little bit more. Oh, and God. also because he's chosen the species so well. It's not like yeah. Mouse. Exactly. Yeah, it was chosen. Like Mouse has this like very political agenda with different races and different species. And even though there is a, it's a definite political agenda in here, it's because it's like all of the albino critters of different species oh, that, yeah, making was... like a KKK-like that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. The the, the Nazi thing. symbol that was actually a, a snowflake. snowflake yeah. Right? Yeah. That's their that's their shtick. Yeah, yeah, because oh. they're yeah. Arctic. Yeah, and Arctic the supremacy. choice the choice of a walrus to represent the the oh, screamy overbearing police mm-hmm. uh, police <laughs> captain that's yelling at him for it's perfect. You're a loose cannon, Black Shad. You know, it's like uh, it is. It's so well, well designed. There are some it adorable is. old man turtles in there, yeah, as well. Awesome. The uh, the gorilla that's the boxer. That's the boxer. That's the old yeah. boxer. They, yeah. they show him sparring with a rhino. Like it's, it's, uh, I, I was actually. I'm sorry. I, he's he's fighting a boar, a, a wild boar. boar. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. It really you. It only took me like when I first got introduced to this, I was skeptical as well because I generally don't like anthropomorphic stuff. Um, Except for my Templar. I really thought you were going to say. I know, I know. The argument of mice Templar has been made, and I, and well, I'll, and you know what? I'm. What I, were I you thought you were going to say. I normally don't like stuff that Andy recommends. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I. The argument uh, for mice Templar has been made, but I I don't know what's different about like mice Templar and Mouse Guard. Redwall versus really Redwall erotica, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a funny joke, but it's it's actually kind of true. Oh, is it's that like a gecko. Is it a gecko? Because it's um, it's a reptile. Might <laughs> 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 um, unplug his cord. Like the the <laughs> doesn't matter. I'll just yell over the <laughs> mic. <laughs> like the mice <laughs> templar thing. It's like. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Man down. Uh, okay, so anthropomorphic. The what? <laughs> in the first, in the first portion, my favorite. There's a couple scenes that I actually really, really liked. One of them is towards the end, and it's the Me- well. It's not actually technically a Mexican standoff because only Black Sad has the gun. So, but the standoff, <laughs> the Polish standoff, yeah, the Poli- yeah, Polish standoff. The, the, oh, uh, yeah, the, with yeah. The, with between, the, is, what is animal? Is this? Is this? I, I, it's some type of indeterminate lizard, lizard reptile. It, it, but he's but but his his gestures and the way his face is drawn are are he's so sleazy. So yes, they're slimy. in they're his car- his like. It just feeds more into his actual character and the personality of the character. It really makes you believe, especially in one of the panels, when Black Sad's pointing the pistol right at his head, he has this smug, this really smug, like, fuck you, I dare you, pull the trigger, you sad bitch. Like, yeah. it, it is yeah. it is just awesome. And, and Black Sad, a tear 
or or sweat. The sweat bead is coming down his forehead. He's manly. It's it's. It's just yeah. And I he's was just like boom. And the next thing you just see the bullet in the middle of his head. I believe the term that you used earlier was murked. Yeah. Yes, he murked that fool. I yeah. believe. I. I honestly <laughs> believe that one of the things that draws me into this book so much is the facial expressions. Like, oh, they're awesome. I mean, the 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 artist is. I'll I'll say it because I feel like it applies. He's masterful with his anatomy in general. Yes. Mm. The ability to mix the animal anatomy with the human anatomy and it never feels awkward. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He always just kind of gets it right. And but then he you add a it, baby seal. Come on. Right. Yeah. And I believed it. And then you add into that the the facial expressions that I I honestly believe, and the reason I believe this is because when I went to animation school, facial expression was a huge focus, especially of traditional animation. And the style of facial expressions that this guy does are very animation like animation style. Yes. They're very yeah. different from the way you're taught when you're doing photorealistic art or when you're doing um, like comic art. Uh, animation styles are much more exaggerated, and but in such a way that they don't come across they don't come across weird they come across like oh that's yeah that's the way that would look just like in cartoons um, you can't actually draw someone with four fingers on their hand because it looks weird yeah exactly there are certain stylistic choices that are made to yeah. convey the idea or the concept without actually conveying the reality and they're done perfectly in this book oh so good so yeah uh, there's another scene that's freaking awesome so black sad gets into his house and you know he gets he gets jumped once it's like it's almost like how do you like that's a really shitty day do you get jumped like twice in the same day in yeah. your house but you know it's the first it's the reptile character and then it's uh one of the other henchmen for the uh for the lizard dude and he, he after he fucking smokes these two fools no no, no actually <laughs> well, the, the, he, the, the, the lizard gets gets shot by the guy that's behind him yeah and then he smokes the other dude and he's just like I killed a dude, yep, and I laid on my couch. I put my feet up. I smoked a cigarette. There is a great like, splash it, page yes, of him. and it is awesome. That's is, the page that, that I was talking about that earlier. That is awesome. My nightmares His, then. That would name. be a... I would love to have that as a mural or a poster oh, on my yeah. wall. That is just... That is, I would love to own that original piece of art, but I don't know if... I, I'm that, sure it's sold by now. That if is the a, guy even has yeah, sold this it. This was originally I mean, published, I think. 2001. Yeah. So but 11 he, years ago. Just for the really? fact, simple fact that... I mean, I, what do I... I compared him to earlier. He's like... Black Sad is like Shaft. He's like the fuck. Yeah, he's just like so everything he does. Everything he does has suave and swag. Like he never, even in the so in the second part, he's a classy broad. He is. He's a, <laughs> he's one classy broad. Have you ever heard of the joke about the three mice who are bragging to each other? No, no. Tell, tell it. it. Okay. <laughs> so three mice are sitting around and they're, they're talking to each other. You know, talking themselves up. And the first mouse is like, "Yeah, you know what I do every day." As I go out into uh, the kitchen, I scare the the owner's wife, grab some cheese, run back in. Second mouse is like, that's not bad. But, you know, what I do every day is I go over to the mouse trap and I do push-ups with the mouse trap, just put it right over my face. Third mouse is like, that's not bad. 
hey guys, I'll be back. I'm going to go fuck the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Black Sad is the third mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the third mouse. He, there's a scene in the second story. Um, is it the second or third story? It's, yeah, it's the second story um, with the whole white supremacy thing. Yeah. Which is great which, allegory. Oh, it is. It, it, the story was awesome. And there's parts in it. Um, I'm reading it in front of Anne. I'm snickering and, she, and mumbling to myself because she's like <laughs> looking every time I mumble and snicker. But um, where he's talking to the, the ferret who happens to be the fucking paper boy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which is just awesome. It's just Made awesome. Made me think choice. of uh, Sheila Booth's character in Constantine. He could have oh, been played by a weasel. He, he could have been a weasel. He could have been a weasel. Yeah. But he gets, a, to be an, he gets to be an angel in the end of that movie. Awesome. So, uh, but he says, what paper, what paper do you work for? And he says, bad news. <laughs> we ain't friends. Like, that was just, there, some of the, there's some of the writing that's, and some of the things that are said are very, uh, what would be the word? I, uh, I don't think this was, actually, I think that's localization. Witty I don't banter? think this was originally it's, English by any means. No, but it was It was originally published in, in, in Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, but I'm but just saying, I mean, very, it's really well localized. But it's very, the, the, it's very witty. There's a lot of wit. It, it's, yeah. And it's almost like Black Sad, he has no intentions of actually being funny in some scenes. But it, it is just by virtue of the fact of how he's how it's being portrayed when you're reading it. Yeah, I I I mean the the, the portrayals are just they're they're excellent, fucking amazing. The the police captain being a German shepherd is is spectacular, and you know like the old the old card player in the last one being the the turtle the, and the, the rabbit long, the, and, and, yeah. and, and the rabbit taking the cash and running. And, yeah. <laughs> Like, that was awesome. So, the motherfucking hair. I mean, the, needless to say, the art is stunning throughout. I, mm-hmm. And I would say, like, before we even get to the end of the show, this book is worth buying just to look at. Yep. Even if you don't want to fucking read it, if the you art can't is so read, it's yeah. still worth buying. <laughs> you, if you, you can't you can read, make it through with the pictures. I was going to say that that animation aesthetic that I was saying earlier you literally could get through this entire book and understand the basics of the story without ever reading a word. And that just cleared something up in my head because I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot about like cinematic comics versus not. And this is a very, very cinematic comic. Yeah. Mm. But at the same time, it doesn't bother me that they do like narration captions, for, yeah. especially during the first story. That was totally fine with me. I felt like this could be in the way that it irritated me that that one version of Blade Runner has narration. This didn't irritate me. But well, you know, it, it's I don't yeah. mind that version of Blade Runner. Really? I actually I like. I really like that. Do version you like of Blade the bullshit Runner. happy ending? That's no. Okay, I don't like the bullshit happy ending, but I would love to have the narration added into the director's cut with the with the more ambiguous ending because I he's really, a replicant. There's no ambiguity well, to it. <laughs> there's ambiguity. Magical unicorns of ambiguity. Wait. I, I like the narration because Deck- I thought it, I thought it was a really cool... Yeah. Wait, no. Deckard Cain's from Diablo. No, what wait, are you what talking is, what about? What is uh, Deckard's name? Deckard's his last name. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, Deckard's a replicant. John. Yeah. It's okay. always John. John's it's like always John. But John Deckard. Um, John Wayne. So, John Rambo. Anyways. <laughs> so moving on to the, to the writing. Because like, we, we can sit here and be effusive for hours on the art. It's just amazing. Yeah. Um, the the book is separated into three separate stories because those were the original graphic novels that were pub- published in Argentina, um, and they are all very distinctly different. Um, the first one is a very traditional. I mean, first of all, the book is set 
in the 40s, like mid 40s, yeah. post World War Two, maybe or mid during or I'd during say. World or maybe no, actually, no, it's, a, it's actually uh, it's the after. first one would be right before World War. No, well, see, no, that's weird because the white the white supremacists it's a, it's like after it's after because uh, in the because in the a third. Silent Hill there are uh, there's a like a two panel or two page like one shot that uh, there's a a victim who's talking about how this man killed her children. Mm. And it's all about the army because I know. Oh, that's this true. Is, because I know that it's after. I know it's after the the advent of the atomic bomb. Because uh, in the th- in the second, it's in the about, third book, okay. they yeah. they say yeah. they there's a beat poet that says like half of Howell. Yeah. So yeah. early sixties. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, he's supposed to be 50s. the late fifties. No, yeah. yeah. When did Howell come out? But it, that's what I was saying. The first the book, the first book, I felt was oh, yeah, still 50s. in the forties, in the golden age of America. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the the second book had to be late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. The third the third book post World War Two. Yeah, the third yeah. book is definitely post sixty one, roughly. The the th- yeah, the third book is right. definitely post World War Two, and it's and that that beat poet, I'm pretty sure is supposed to be the animal version of Ginsburg. Yeah, I that's can see Ginsburg because they call him mad they call him Greenberg in the book, and um. I'm pretty sure that it's supposed to be Ginsburg. Yeah. Um. So this is something that I brought up at work today, and that I that I I want to. I want to discuss like the first book is a very straightforward old school hard boiled detective yes. noir. Yes. It is detective's old flame who's an actress gets killed. Yep. They trace Toots. back all of her relationships and find out, you know, her connections with bad people and it turns out, you know, they find out who killed her. Second book is um kind of a strange story where it's um this one was my favorite. He's it, he goes into a uh an kind of a crappy neighborhood in his town that is is being influenced by white supremacists and thus segregated between a group called the Black Claws and I don't know what they call the neo Nazis in this group. It's like yeah, the Arctic Purity. The Arctic Purity or something. Um and in this book it, it takes a very like it is literally like black fur, white fur, albino mm-hmm. animals versus black furred animals, and any white or black fur is, is okay like, because he has that little tuft on his face. Right, that's what he um, says. This ain't enough. <laughs> and and it's it's the follow it's following a, a the kidnapping of a little black girl and uh you know the the kind of racial tension in the neighborhood, and then the final um the final story is um centered mostly around a, a a nuclear physicist who is one of Black Sad's old mentors and, and an um, owl and an owl which an is owl. fucking old, spectacular. Old owl. Um and uh, one uh, who ends up getting who ends up getting murdered and then they have to trace back who murdered him and they never found out how many licks it took to get to the center of a tootsie pop. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the opposite side of the coin from Anne because and I was talking about this earlier. I actually think that from a story perspective, from the way they tell the story, I think the second story is actually the weakest in the book. And the reason I say that is because I like the representations of the characters in it. I like the individual scenarios that they present with things like the the white supremacists and. 
um, like the the town sheriff and all of the the like individual parts, and they they introduce what is arguably the the best character in the book, which is the crow, like you were talking about, the blind crow. Yep. Um, however, my problem with that particular story is that Black Sad doesn't actually have any part in it. He gets hired by a random teacher to find this kidnapped girl. And not once during that story does he actually figure anything out until the very end mm. when he figures it, when he figures out who the, the white chick is and who, you know, that she was responsible. And then the entire resolution of the story is told in exposition. I think that it's actually more of an, uh, they're expanding the world. As opposed to making it a story about Black Sad, they're yeah. filling in the details. Like, mm-hmm. so you've got books where you you know you're following one person the entire time, and yes, you can develop one character that way, but it does give you a very specific perspective. What they're doing with the second story there, and the fourth book to a certain extent has a good chunk of it, where Black Sad's there, but it's not really talking about him. It's talking about other events that have happened. Yeah, and what. Uh, Chalupa and <laughs> Good God and uh, Canales Canoli Canoli and Gorditos yeah what, what, they, uh, what they're doing I am so sorry if you guys have heard this, <laughs> this by the way I <sighs> I'm a huge fan of your work and I am completely incapable of speaking any language that's not English I don't know I, <laughs> and well, for it, me for me go ahead well for me I I think like the second issue he comes into a situation that's bigger than him you know sure yes. he's put into this situation where he can't the it's not as simple as just finding a lost child, you know? you know. And that's that's something that I've always and it it it's kind of a theme in a lot of detective uh, stories that I actually don't like. I don't like the stories where you introduce a detective and the whole point of the story is for him to is for you to follow this detective through him trying to solve a problem or solve a crime, and then you take that out of his hands. I don't know, and I'm, it's well. Yeah, I, I don't think it's entirely out yeah. of his hands. Damn it. I, I thought you were going to say, well, actually, <laughs> well, actually, well, actually, well, actually, sometimes the problems solve themselves, though. God damn. You know? or, or it's a situation Somebody's where you can't. Up. Yeah. Or you can't. Touch, don't touch my shit. Or it's a situation <laughs> where you you can't solve it. There's a little switch on yourself the side anyway. Silence. Kinda, See right there. Yeah. Do that. Solves it's already hit. It's, See that? Itself. Joel right. makes a point. I, I'm trying to, but I, I really like the the story. He, he comes into a, a messed talk. up situation yeah. in the middle of in, you know in the middle of the, I guess the Midwest, North Midwest. It's kind of maybe Minnesota. He's trying to be. I um, felt like wait. it was an outskirts of the town that he was already in. Yeah. That would would have uh, been like. I, yeah. but, but that's the thing they never really say right. Yeah. And the fact that this was written in Argentina, you don't even really know what country it's technically set in. Mm-hmm. It's um, not specifically American, but it um, feels it's, American. It feels American because the like, district of New Chicago. Yeah, like yep. like Joel said, the localization on this is spectacular. Yeah. Like regardless of where the um, for the listeners at home, Luke actually pointed at me and said, as Joel said. Nice. <laughs> You're right. I did. Yeah, did. So As Andy said, and you also said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna," a little bit ago, but I wasn't gonna call you out on that drinky McDrunks. <laughs> drinky McDrunks. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> wow. Even, Luke makes a point. Derailed. Wow. And well, interrupts. Well, then I will continue. I give the fuck. So up. I agree. I think it's set. I think it's set in like big city Midwest. So Chicago. Chicago Detroit, seems pretty reasonable. Something like that. Reasonable. And then, because if, I mean, if you really look at 
Uh, his, of course, the last one is in Vegas, right? Right. But, but if you look, you know, if you look historically, you know, as far as uh, stories about segregation, things like that, um, when you move as you move further towards the Midwest, it was kind of it was very localized and not so much in the bigger cities. As if you know, in New York, it was like there was no segregation. Down south, it was full segregation. So yeah, you never then, really feel like this is some. It's not like deep Alabama south. It's not Alabama, but it's not. Like, it's not Massachusetts Georgia. either. Like, it's not yeah. New York City. I grew up in the Midwest, right? So. Um, IU, Indiana University, is in Bloomington, Indiana, one of the most liberal places I have ever been. You go five miles outside of Bloomington, and it's like, ding, ding, ding. That's, uh, we don't like your kind welcome here, boy. To a, welcome to a college town. <laughs> Pretty much. It's 15 minutes south of Indianapolis. No, I understand. I just like college towns in general tend to be very well, liberal. Well, that happens. I did it's go like, to school in Colorado Springs. It's like Auburn. It's like Auburn, Alabama. The Auburn itself, College Town. You go about freaking five miles, ten miles south, and uh, well, I wouldn't go five miles, ten miles south. <laughs> Put it like that. Well, I, I, they you know, might let me, or you know, or or like um, a place that's exact. A place is exactly like that is. Uh, well, now I can't remember. Shepherdstown, so. West Virginia. Ah. Yeah, but sounds scary. No, the oh, Fort Polk. Polk. There we go, Fort Polk, okay. Louisiana. Right, they put a freaking big ass military. <laughs> Fort Fort Polk. Fort Polk. Oh, Fort Polk. Fort Polk. Fort Polk. It's at least in Fort Polk. Fort Polk, Louisiana. We call this place Fort Polk. Fort Polk. It's halfway it's between Fort, Fort Polk. Ain't much better. To enter the town, you got to get four pokes. Anyway, it's halfway between. They wouldn't let us call it Polk. Baton Rouge Fort, and Bumfuck Egypt. Fort Polk is literally surrounded by like racism. It's it's awesome. It's, it's like palpable. Yeah. They just they send you there. And it's like they tell you, "Hey, yeah, uh, don't go out that gate or that gate. Like, don't use this <laughs> gate to go in and out." But uh, there's actually one particular. He's not going to get in trouble. We're sending him to Fort Polk. He's not going. <laughs> no, I'm never. I wouldn't go. No, I would just quit. But anyway, anyway. that's a thing. <laughs> so uh, there's like things like page seventy eight. There's this wonderful writing scene. Since we were talking about the writing, there's only like four. There's actually only like four blocks of writing. However. It's so much said with so little. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like so. Black Sad and the leader, or one of the guys in the Black Claws, are so having yeah. A freckle he and says, I will. "You give me so much of a freckle, and I will end you." <laughs> the that, way it, I bet you in Spanish that sounded fucking hard as fuck. Like it, it had to just sound like. Which I, I kid it. Props to the localizer, whoever yeah. translated and then localized yes. this for making it sound like something right out of fucking tombstone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there we <laughs> like, go. Just like some wild, wild west shit. You, wild, wild Bill Hitchcock yes, shows up. If you so much as give me a freckle, I will end you. Well, and it's and, and the, they, they, the but, context for that's interesting because yes. what's happening is it's one of the black claw guys who has like a fistful of black paint basically, and black sets an all black cat except he has this little white. Deal around this. He has a white snout, and and he's threatening to like can put we, black can, paint on the snout. Could we say that the black claw is like analogous to Black Panthers? Yes, like, it is very it clearly is. analogous very, to Black very, Panthers. Very, yeah. the uh, it's berets, clear. I think, in the same yeah, way that the, the berets and are like the KKK are very. And yeah. it's a what is this? A Mustang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. A fucking Mustang, a red beret, Mustang, the, a Mustang, and the bull from what Prudential. <laughs> and he looks like he's gonna start some shit. He 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 didn't say anything the whole time. I don't think he needed to say anything. And I think what's the other one? The other one is a fucking bulldog. A, I think. a, a Rottweiler. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A Rottweiler. But there's so there's so little writing. There's only like four four blocks of writing. But the dialogue. Every, the or excuse me. Yes, right. The dialogue. 
but it just it says it says so much yeah. in that one frame as though uh like the black claws are not they don't they're like they're not really on anyone's side so to yeah. speak like you could tell that the arctic purity they particularly have chosen a side and their side is the upper echelon of of this particular town it's you know the sheriff the mayor all those people, but the black claws are represented by like white foxes and a polar bear, mm-hmm. right? They're, you know, it, extremely there Arctic like, There is no the, the there is no ambiguity into the into the racial representations in oh, this particular yeah, story. Clear. It is very much what, and that's one of the things that I actually liked about it was the fact that when you get to characters who have like like little bits of racial ambiguity like black said who is all black except for the white, white right around his mouth exactly. right and that's enough for them to hate him to hate him you know just, just enough and right it well he's rolling with the with the don't be wrong like that, that story reason. i like i love i love i love this story and i i the reason why i love this story is because it is a it is a story about segregation that is not told by Americans. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that that is why I really enjoy it. All three Be- stories, I mean, are very Americana. Well, well they're, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They're Americana, but their their stories are not told by people that have learned about segregation and or basically all the social issues that are touched yeah. on in the comic in America. They yeah. these are people that have learned about that you know they're arguably I believe they're schooled in in South America. So sure. that's where they learned about it, and th- and they and this is their take on the yeah. situation, so- and it's. Go ahead. I was gonna say just to go back to a previous episode, if Adolf would have been this good, I wouldn't have raged over it. That's fair. <laughs> hmm. L- let me clarify something that I said earlier when I was talking to Joel about this um, earlier today, um, just so that this does not get misinterpreted. I think that the middle story is the weakest in the book. Hmm. I do not think it is a bad story. Hmm. Um, because, and as I put it earlier, a, even a bad black sad story is better than 90% of the comic books on the market. Catwoman. Like, it's just, I mean, the whole book is excellent. And I think that's where we, like, I, I want to get off this, this negativity yeah. rant because of the fact that ba- black sad is just, it's fucking awesome. Like, it the is. whole book, great. the whole book is really good. And being that I think we all think that, I think we'll start with. We'll we'll go into it and we'll start with Andy with buy borrow or burn. Uh, buy and I just want to interject one thing real quick. Sure. The localization. One of the things that I noticed that they they did so much research on this. Um, there's a mention. I don't know what the original song was, but it, I don't. Oh think yeah, it was I saw Strange that at the bottom. Fruit, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Billy Holiday song oh, about yeah. American racism. It's, yep. And it's, it's called perfect. Strange Fruit. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You well, didn't know what actually, the song was. Actually. He said Strange, strange Fruit, fruit. Okay. by Billy Holiday. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what, what you were saying fruit? is like, I don't know what the song is, but it was Strange Fruit. Hmm. Strange no, I don't, Fruit. He's I don't saying know he doesn't know Spanish. what the original I'm assuming Spanish that it was, was not that specific song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just like, well, or they, maybe they, it was. Oh, you know? They did that a lot. There's a there's where they asterisk and they talk about certain certain what, little historical was it noted. Yes, there, it's noted. Okay. Um, several times they note at the bottom. Well, and I'm like, the, oh, okay. You, know. you got to wonder if it actually was the if that was the song that they were quoting because of the fact that in the third book when they're quoting when they're quoting Ginsburg, and the character is supposed to basically be Ginsburg. Maybe they're maybe they're writing this from a an Americana perspective yeah. than rather than yeah. No, I just you know, like. It's just so well translated, thought out, written, drawn. Not only would I recommend buying it, I would recommend trying to convince other people to read it because then they will buy it. It's awesome. There is a fifth story 
that has not been released in the States yet. Um, I bought the fourth story, which is about the same size I'm as kinda this surpri- trade. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't put the fourth and fifth into a single hardcover like they did. Too big. Uh, it's, I don't know. I don't think it would have been much bigger than because, like, when you look at the when you look at the new one next to this one, it's only about half the width. Uh, so, okay. I think they could have fit two, but that's just me. Anyway, yeah, what but I, I think the, the craft, like the time they spent into like putting into it, I don't think they could have gotten out quick enough because I don't think possible. anyone expected this book to be as good as it turned out. Yeah. What about you, Joel? What do you think? Buy, borrow, or burn? Well, I borrowed it, so um, buy it. <laughs> I didn't have to buy it. And one of the one of the things I think Eddie just touched on too was the fact that these guys are Argentinian, but they have they have America and Americana, especially that era down so pat that that's one of the things that I like that the settings feel real. The the it feels real. You feel like you're in a small middle town, or you feel like you're in a large city in the first one. He's a big. He's a big city detective. In the second one, it's it's small, small, uh, small town Americana with all its secrets and that small community and how everybody's mm-hmm. all interwoven together. Got that down pat. And then the third one, which you know, the college elite, where all you have all these beatniks doing all this. And the all the, the stuff, the Cold War nuclear hysteria, too. exactly, mm-hmm. like, and and how the intellectual elite was kind of against that, but you know the government was for that. Yeah. They, I don't know how they do this. I research. don't know. If, it, it well, has to yeah. be just research yep. and research and research and research, which is really well researched. With that's not what you do for a comic book. Yes, <laughs> it is. You know, you God, just God. Yes, um, it Brian is. Would, Brian Wood proved just, yes, that you is. don't because he had a fucking flying bullet yeah. with a goddamn no, case. No, you do. And he you, talks about global warming. You put a yeah. guy in a cape and you go voom, zoom, God bang, pow, no. and that's yeah. It. But still, even in, <laughs> even in comics like that, even in shit like Superman. There's still some type of fucking scientific theory as to how he gets his powers and how he does these Or things. at least consistency in the magic of the tale. Cons- yeah, exactly. Like so, how originally Superman could only leap tall buildings, but then later they no, retconned it and they're yeah, like, he flies. He flies. Yeah, he flies. So, <laughs> Anne, what about you? Buy, borrow, or burn? Absolutely buy this book. Good God. Yes. Um, also, I was getting pointlessly excited on the mic earlier because at the end there's like a grayed out scene where they have like somewhere in Australia and there's all kinds of anthropomorphic Australian animals and that's fantastic and I really want there to be a kiwi because they don't have arms and that would be hilarious that is one of the things that I found like in the in the little grayed out pictures that they have between the stories I realized that those are not included in the stories and one of the important ones is that one right there where they show him scattering scattering the ashes of the crow crow. who asked him to take him to Las Vegas remember so and and that like I that that's like little important things that are included in the kind of like extra you know back matter type stuff what about you Eddie bye bar or burn bye 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 (laughs) is um, there is I'm I'm actually I'm glad Andy Crazy Red- Eddie is crazy and he says crazy. Bye 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 bye. Automatic waving flailing arms. Automatic waving flailing arms. Automatic waving flailing arms. Hi, I'm Crazy Eddie and I have a excess of automatically flailing arms. Come down today. Anyway, so I'm glad Andy recommended this recommended this book. Uh, everybody knows like I pretty much read like a lot of <laughs> drop the mic. I'm out. A lot of I mainly read like a lot of mainstream stuff and right now especially. Um, especially for the fact that I got out of comics so long and this was published in like 2001 and that was probably, I think that was like my gap during comics. Yeah. 
Definitely worth the read. You, you can definitely convince people who are not comic book readers to read this. To read this, enjoy it. Right. this one I actually recommended and to um, one of my college cohorts who is writing like hard-boiled detective fiction and wanted a right. comic. And I was like, I have the one for you. It's got and furry I, animals, but don't panic. And for the simple <laughs> fact that it's it's a it's a it's a comic book that's not comic-y. Yes, and and that I think is one of the best things about it. I mean, now, this is this is going to be a solid five five oh, part. Yeah. Buy then unanimous it's like it's unanimous buy unanimous buy Ooh. all around the table. Um, it's just as good as anything. It is that it is Rue Baker has written. It's a well crafted book. It's really one of the best comics I've I've read. Definitely, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I realize you know you were saying you know or maybe you were saying I don't know somebody was saying something about um, being able to recommend this to people who don't read comics, and I think I, I realized when I was talking about the kind of animation sensibilities uh, that this that this book has that it. I think mainstream, like non nerdy people, people who watch like Disney movies and stuff, but maybe aren't into like super nerdy stuff like comic books or video games or stuff, they don't have the same um, hang ups about anthropomorphic stuff sure. as as nerdy people do because you don't deal with fucking furries all the time. <laughs> um, so I think that that's one of the reasons why this book could be a kind of a bridge book. Like you can hand it to somebody who's not mm-hmm. into comics mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh, well, it's kind of Don Bluthy animation style." You know, take a look. And the gateway reading into furry porn. Into furry porn, exactly. Uh, where did my laptop go? Oh, it's over there. Because uh, I had written down on this agenda what we were doing for the next couple of shows, and uh, I don't remember what any of it said. Next show was, was, uh, was Curate the, Ipsum. There we go. The, the Continuing thing. Adventures of Charlie Everett, which is a webcomic. Um, and I succumbed to his attractive physical copies that he had at Geek Girl Con and, and, and bought one. Um, oh, and hey, they're really well bound. Link? So I can, yeah, it's yeah. curateipsum.com. <laughs> I'm going to remember that shit. Yeah. No, I'll send you the link. important. Next episode, number 33, will be Curate Ipsum. And then we are going to do uh, Eddie's suggestion of Batman Earth 1 for Hell. episode 34. Yeah. Um, which I've read. It's good. I like it. Um, it's, a, it's an Elseworlds story, as it were. Um, and then my suggestion for episode thirty-five is going to be Mice Templar, uh, the first, the first uh, hardcover trade of Mice Templar. Um, and then after that, we d- we don't fucking know. We'll figure it out later. Um, the the show kind of moves along. What? Planetary. Oh no, no. no plan- we'll do planetary, but Pl- it's not coming. Planetary should be like a two. When do we ever get to do what I want to do? We're going to do intergalactic first, and then planetary. <laughs> get it? Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, planetary not planetary, intergalactic. intergalactic. You know, you're actually so, forgetting Joel, who at the table has all the power. What Th- that guy? I had nothing to do with yes. that. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, that I was had everything to do with that. Pretty clever, though. Go ahead. So, uh, so the next three shows are going to be Curate Ipsum, Batman Earth One, and Mice Templar. Uh, when you're hearing this show, you're going to hear it in rapid succession with the previous episode of Catwoman. Uh, That's because, my fault. Uh, I work too much. <laughs> Plain and simple. They're, they're going to be Sorry, published guys. back to back. Um, so uh, Luke is taking Double over feature. most of the hosting duties from this point forward because I am incapable of doing so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you work a lot. I work. Too it's much. fine. 
and I, I, yeah, whatever. It, it happens. Uh, so check out our other show, After the Fact Podcast. It is all about uh, classic video games. Our last Woo! episode. What the fuck did we do for the last episode? Echo the Dolphin. Echo, Echo the, the dolphin. fucking Dolphin. <laughs> oh, Christ. We're about, we're about to do uh, a fan suggestion of Low G-Man for our next episode. Which is pretty um, awesome. So check that out. Uh, rate us on iTunes. It helps us out. It helps us get more listeners. Uh, the Trade Secrets Podcast is a little newer than the After the Fact Podcast, so we could use a little more help. Uh, you can review us on Zoom. Snicker, thanks. Uh, f- <laughs> follow us all on Twitter. The main Planet. show feed is at Trade Secrets Pod. Uh, I am at Geek Elite. Joel is at Superfly, but it's spelled weird. You'll figure it out. Sure, search Joel Simon on Twitter, and it'll come up with Superfly. S O O P E R P. Superfly. Yeah. Eddie is at Sambo Black with no C. Sambo. Uh, Sambo. Whatever. Get it Sam- right. Sambo Black. Sambo. Sambo Block. Sambo. Right? With no C. Puke Matthews. Uh, <laughs> Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Anne is at Anne Bean Tweets. Clearly the Which, easiest of yeah. the, uh, of the Twitter Tweets. Uh, <laughs> you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast. Uh, you can friend us on. Oh, that's that's for the after the fact podcast. You you can still friend us on XBLA or PSN if you really want to. Um, I'm on Steam too. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at tradesecretsatgeekerific.com. You can email us rants, raves, you know, questions. If you have anything that you want to be on the show, uh, you can email us there, or you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook, uh, and we will we will use questions that we get on the show. Um, this has been episode 32 of the Trade Secrets Podcast, all about Black Sad. Uh, next episode, we're doing Anne's suggestion of Curate Ipsum. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for joining us. Zima Soup. Thank you, man. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> thank you, Joel. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy. Alan Moore has lost his goddamn mind. Absolutely true. I am Luke, and oh, this Lightfield. has been the... The thirty second sort of uh, trade secret. I'm the person not drinking here.